Welcome to the Leaders Team Podcast, made for school leaders by school leaders. Welcome to the Leaders Podcast, the podcast for school leaders by school leaders. I'm Katie, the subject leadership lead here at Twinkle. And I'm Daisy, Twinkle's senior leadership team lead. Here in our fourth episode of our sustainability series, we're again joined by the wonderful Kat Oaks, and then we're going to be exploring action areas three and four from the DfE sustainability and climate change strategy. Today, we're focusing on education estate, digital infrastructure, and operations and supply chains. Thanks for joining us, Kat. Fantastic to be back, guys. It's great to have you with us again. Okay, Kat, so could you please tell us a little bit more about these action areas and the educational estate? Yeah, absolutely. So in England's education landscape, the term education estate actually encompasses more than just the school buildings. It includes the entire educational ecosystem, such as the playgrounds or the school fields, the sports facilities, or any physical space which is used for educational purposes. Whereas your digital infrastructure refers to the technological sort of backbone supporting the digital education delivery. So that might cover everything from hardware and software to even the processes and networks facilitating that digital learning in our modern age we're in now. And then finally, when discussing school operations and supply chains, we're delving into the daily management and functioning of a school setting. So that might include building maintenance, energy and water supply, and the procurement of essentials like books, cafeteria supplies, and transportation. So the DOV Sustainability and Climate Change Strategy applies to all education and children's service systems in England. So that includes early year settings, schools, including the independent schools where, where relevant, further education institutions, higher education systems, and also the children's social care services. How does this link then to decarbonisation? So decarbonisation of the education estate simply means reducing or eliminating carbon emissions associated with the operation and the infrastructure of educational settings. So then, Kat, why do leaders need to be aware of this? So as climate change impacts become more prevalent in England, even schools are experiencing current challenges like heat waves, floods and storms. So we need to be thinking about the design of our schools and the facilities of them so that we can mitigate the risk of disrupted learning or perhaps missed school days. That might include creating safe spaces that are adaptable to a changing environment or ensuring that children con can continue to learn effectively despite these challenges. And there's an example I just want to um, sort of raise the light on is that the Surrey's climate change adaptation and resilience strategy and um, they have detailed that their target is that 90 percent of the schools in Surrey are part of the Surrey climate resilient schools program so they're currently developing guidance where um, climate change adaptation and resilience will be um, built into how schools are operating um, with business cases for making schools more resilient to the current climate impacts we're facing, such as those heat waves, um, flooding and droughts that I mentioned previously. And there's four key areas I want to sort of shine the light on a little bit more. So the first one being the importance of greening the education state. So why is it important that we do green up our um, school settings? 
And I think the key point of this is that if we're greening up these settings, they can weather the impacts of these climate change impacts. They serve as that catalyst for inspiring young people and children to embrace those sustainable lifestyles. They can see that happening in the school environment that they're attending. And the inspiration doesn't stop at the school gates. Those messaging skills can then be communicated with families and the local community. So that spreads that, spreads that reach even further and paves that transition to achieving net zero. And then there's um, point two. So there's the element of the positive impacts on well-being and lifestyle. So enhancing the physical environment, so improving green areas in and around the educational setting has hugely positive um, effects on physical and mental well-being of children, young people and adults. And it's proven that increased access to nature improves human well-being and supports children's academic growth, but also their overall health and happiness. The um, third important point is unleashing that innovation. So untapped potential is really abundant within schools and we need to think about the collective positive impact that schools can have just by making even small changes such as creating a no mow area in May or reviewing where goods are bought from. Leaders and business managers will seize the chance to innovate and invest in new technologies and approaches to building design. So that might be investing in renewable energy systems or using LED light bulbs in light fittings. However, some of these systems and options can be quite costly and there might be um, sort of hurdles to overcome. So even smaller changes such as um, ensuring that the computers and projectors in classrooms are switched off at the end of the day or over the weekend or implementing a waste reduction and recycling program, or even creating a uniform swap shop within school can make even that small positive impacts and it really sort of contribute to reducing the carbon impacts and get close to that net zero amount. What about the teaching element, Kat? So that's absolutely crucial. So as I've mentioned um, in, I think it was podcast two, where I did these the sort of synopsis on climate education action area one of the strategy by introducing learning concepts such as um the circular economy or waste prevention um looking at resources and interweave that into the curriculum throughout the key stages leaders can then inspire those lifelong um habits that children will carry on into their um future lives their communities and even take home with them so that demonstrates that really powerful link between action and learning. So thinking about a school's offer holistically and everything that needs to be covered within the curriculum, how can schools and obviously leaders embed sustainability in a holistic and future-proof way? And what kinds of things would they need to consider, Kat? So um, I've got a list of a, a few tips, if you don't mind me going through them. So um, the first being is, develop that climate action plan by 2025 that is stated in the DfB strategy so they've said that um, all educational settings need to have a sustainability lead and a climate action plan in place by 2025 that's not that far away so um, it's just thinking about what can be included in this detailed plan so 
the plan will include things covering enabling your education setting or trust to progress or commence sustainability initiatives so that might be enhancing energy and water efficiency or reducing operating costs and um, think about as mentioned before thinking about how buildings can um, mitigate the impacts of climate change or even um, promote biodiversity on the school site and this will also help children and learners with those skills to contribute to um, sustainability in their their future lives and take that forward into perhaps the green green careers of the future. A support hub is being developed by the DOE, which will actually be going later live this year. So please watch this space for further guidance. The second tip is to integrate sustainability into into the curriculum. So incorporate those sustainability themes and concepts across all subjects and key stages, even as early as EYFS. Check out our previous podcast, which was all about Action Area 1 covering um, climate education and how that can be done at your school site or setting. So linked to the previous tip is to provide CPD to teachers and your non-teaching staff. So this could be um, CPD on sustainability topics or how it can be interweaved into current um, core subjects, perhaps, or even um, for the non-teaching staff, it might be how to improve the sustainability of the school site and looking at those operations and perhaps supply chains as well. For the children, I think it's really important to promote that positive climate action and we're seeing that quite um, quite a lot, really. So it's empowering the children and students to have an active role in those sustainability initiatives which are being introduced in the school. They may have some involvement through their eco club or projects and campaigns that they um, take part in. And um, just a shout out is that the Dirt is Good programme from Personal and Global Action Plan um, that's a really good programme to follow as it focuses on helping young people to believe that action on social and environmental issues is not the niche, but it is in fact the norm. What is the National Education Nature Park Act? So linked to the points I've said um, previously, thinking about your school site and your school setting and what's outside, the Nature Park um, is designed to green up those areas, think about the biodiversity of those areas. So. Um, schools can access a variety of resources such as digital tools, um, classroom exercises, and there's an uh, interactive map on their website which shows um, all the schools which have plotted their um, school sites and the actions that they're taking. And by participating, schools, colleges, even nurseries can empower their children to get involved in activities. So it might be things like constructing a rain garden or um, planting some pollinator and bee friendly plants to encourage um, those insects to their um, natural areas outside, establishing their own wildlife garden um, and actually encourage children to actively connect with nature in their school and community. And then really linked to that is that's fostering that culture of sustainability so the school community can then celebrate the achievements that they've done so celebrate the fact that they've created a um, school vegetable garden outside and they've reached the rewards of that by harvesting certain fruits and vegetables recognize the contributions that everyone's made to it 
and just sharing that sense of environmental stewardship. And then finally, I think one of the most important tips is to collaborate with partners and the local community. Get local community involved, get the parents involved, forge those partnerships with other schools and charities perhaps that then enables um, your setting to share that knowledge and collaborate on further sustainability projects and initiatives. So to finish off, Kat, could you tell us please a little bit more about the Count Your Carbon tool from Eco Schools and how does that work? Yes, so the County Carbon Tool um, is made by Eco Schools. It's the UK's first comprehensive um, carbon emissions tool. So it's specifically designed for nurseries, schools, and colleges. And it enables um, these educational institutions to basically calculate their own carbon footprint. It's incredibly useful. It's quite fun to do those calculations as well. Um, so the the person doing the calculation can identify areas of high carbon consumption and it generates then a tailored report specifically to that school and that site with recommendations of how to reduce the carbon emissions so it's you know whether a school is just starting out on their sustainability journey or they're already deeply committed um, schools can join the initiative to perhaps join in that target of halving their carbon emissions by 2030. There's over 32,000 education settings in the UK. So, you know, imagine the scope of what that tool can offer. It can offer the potential for that significant collective change in reducing those carbon emissions and, you know, gets us collectively down to net zero. How does it work, Kat? Um, so it's a free tool. Um, you go on the County Carbon website and it's been customised for school settings in the UK. It's been aligned to the globally recognised greenhouse gas accounting standards, which is provided by the GHG protocol. And the tool simplifies the carbon footprint assessments for schools. So it guides users through a series of questions to generate their own customised emissions profile for their setting. And it cap categorises emissions into operational um, numbers. So that might be direct and indirect from school operations, such as the energy supply. And then it also separates it, separates it out to the value chain. So that might be um, products purchased and perhaps the travel emissions of staff and students. The tool then further breaks it down into emissions into energy, transport, food and purchases and it provides sort of tailored averages for different school types. Those built-in averages help schools that may not have those full data sets available at the time overcome those potential barriers. So it does make it easy for schools to assess their carbon footprint and receive those recommendations for reducing um, their carbon footprint of their setting. What's really nice is that this could be linked to the curriculum where a school business manager perhaps could continue with the um, questions and calculate the carbon footprint of the school. And then those data figures could be um, used within class settings within the learning environment for children to analyse those results and suggest some solutions of their own. Yeah, so the tool has only been really re recently released. So. Um, yeah, be sure to check it out on their website, Count Your Carbon.
which is linked to eco schools. And then on top of that, our leaders team have also written a selection of fantastic resources to help you start the journey to greening up your educational settings. So we've got some guidance on there about adapting your site or even a quick look guide into the public sector decarbonisation scheme. You can find all of those on our sustainability hub underneath Action Area 3, which is the education, estate and digital infrastructure. Thanks for listening to the Leaders Podcast. Join us again for more SLT and subject leadership conversations and follow Twinkle SLT and Twinkle Subject Leads on our socials.